0: Well, good morning, everybody. I'm Larry Jacobs. This is 3K12 Education Talk Radio. It is uh, October 11th, 2023, and today we're heading over to uh, Lewiston, Maine, my home state here. Okay, about maybe an hour 15 from where I live. We're going to Bates College. I'm going to be talking to Assistant Dean Dree Haber over there, who is the Director of First Generation Student Programs which is what we're going to be talking about today, how they've been successful with that. And she has brought with her their associate dean over at Bates, or one of the associate dean, she can tell me how that works, okay, and their director of intercultural education, Tanya Bailey Curry. So it's going to be a really nice show. And the reason I'm doing this show, although we are mostly K-12, I think it's very important because there are so many students out there that you folks are talking to that are first-generation students, and so we want them to be successful, and I want you to hear what a, a excellent college base, if I may, is doing about this, and I want you, wherever you might be in the country, you may not be sending your kids to a main college, okay, but wherever you have, they, they have to understand that the college is set up to help them. It's not easy, all right, and that's why I'm loving having Tree and uh, And uh, Tanya, up here today, I'll bring them on in just a couple of minutes. I'm Larry Jacobs. We're going to archive the show over at h-n.org. Okay, that's our home website for American Consortium for Equity in Education, and we are real concerned about that. From pre-K through 20, okay, through the college years, it's really, really important. All right, and over at our website, again, everything's free over there at ace-ed.org, as you all probably know. We have a brand-new issue of our magazine, which is called Equity and Access 3K-12. We have all the new information for our Equity uh, Excellence in Equity Awards program, and we have all the podcasts that we've done, including this one, archived over there. So please check it all out at ace-ed.org. You're welcome to go over there, and I hope you do, and I hope you'll tell your friends about it. And I'm way well, There we go. We're all connected now. Dre, are you there? It's Larry.
1: I am. Hello. How are you?
0: I'm fine. It's, well, it's so weird. I'm talking to three mainers here. I think it's great.
1: <laughs> it is great. Yes.
0: <laughs> I never get a chance to talk to three mainers on one of the shows, so it's terrific. Tanya, are you there?
2: I am. Good morning, Mary. Thanks for having us.
0: But believe me, my pleasure. And I want to ask you guys, this is funny, but a lot of people don't understand this. Uh, An assistant dean and an associate dean, Tanya is the associate, Dree is the assistant. Who's higher in the hierarchy over there? Tanya? Ah, Uh, uh, (laughs) Tanya.
2: Yes. But But we work very closely and collaboratively together, (laughs) Larry.
0: I know you are. (laughs) I was just going to ask if if, if, uh, Dree has to stand up and salute when you walk in. Is that true?
2: Absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not.
0: <laughs> Good enough. <laughs> and, you know, I want to tell everybody, and this is key, Lewis in Maine, all right? Again, about an hour and 15 from where I live in Cornish. Okay, have you ever been to Cornish, either of you? Give it down there?
1: You know, even though Maine. I grew, I I think I've been through it as well. That's what I was going to say. I grew up in Maine, but I don't know that I've spent time in Cornish.
0: It's, it's yeah. antiques and restaurants. Okay. Come on down. I'll, I'll do my little uh, tourist thing. It's, it's 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 brightly colored leaves and, and then antique stores and their restaurants. So come on down and enjoy it. Okay? three. Um, <laughs> can you tell everybody about Lewiston? And I just want to make this point about, and I think it's just wonderful, uh, about the yeah, Somalian co- community up there and how you guys, and how that, If if you could just fill in a little bit on that.
1: Yeah, so um, folks who no probably problem. know Maine think of, think of Maine generally as a very white state, which is historically mm-hmm. true. We're like one of the whitest and the oldest in the nation, but um, <laughs> Lewiston, Maine was a refugee resettlement site, and so we do have a significant Somali population here, um, which really like enlivens our community and makes it a much stronger community with the diversity Absolutely. that so folks spring.
0: Absolutely. And, and, you know, to me, you see this all over the country. I'm thinking of Lowell, Massachusetts, all right, with with Vietnamese people. And I talked to a school district down in Arkansas, where there are uh, hundreds of families of Marshall Islanders. All right. And it's amazing the way various uh, immigrant groups come and they find a place to settle. Okay. And and it's sometimes in 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 places you would never think of. And people from Somalia, basically a desert country, okay? And so many have moved to Lewiston, Maine. And you're right, they have made the community that much better. There was a good community before, and it's an even better community now, very diverse, et cetera. And I love that, okay, about Lewiston and all that. Which, by the way, everybody, was also the home of the second Sonny liston Muhammad Ali fight, okay? When Montreal <laughs> wouldn't let them fight. That's a claim to fame for Lewiston, Maine. Okay, so there we go. And that was the rhyme, Acclaim to Fame and Lewis and Maine. All right, let's talk about these first-generation programs, okay? Talk to me, uh, and I'll ask I'll, I'll Tanya, okay, Tanya, talk about Bates. Just give everybody what kind of college Bates is, what it's known for. It's one of the big three in Maine, and we have the three best, okay, Colby, sure. Bowdoin, and Bates. Okay, the three sure. best. Okay, they're great. Schools. Sure. Yeah. Give us, um, give us the know, story Bates- of, uh, of Bates. And what's sure.
2: Um, you know, Bates is a, um, a small liberal arts college in New England. So, you know, a lot of folks are like, well, what does that even mean? You know, <laughs> and, and really what it means is it provides a, a unique residential experience for, for students where they have maybe smaller classrooms. They have the ability to do um, a lot of exploring in what do I want to study, who do I want to be, and how do I connect those two things? Fates really does a good job with its liberal arts backdrop to be able to do that. Like, um, you know, the, our state, States is a predominantly white institution. So, um, you know, like our, our sister colleges close by in Maine, we also are looking like how are we providing a backdrop and an experience for all students coming from many diverse background mm-hmm. Ever, mm-hmm. in many ways as well. So I think that Bates has had that question on their mind for a very long time because in its history, it has always looked at, um, you know, it's, it was founded with a college for everyone. So the idea that we have always brought in, okay, we're going to educate women before women, you know, folks that identified as women were said to be, you know, worthy, if you will, of being educated. Yeah. We are going to, educate uh, folks that don't look like the norm, so black and brown folks. Um, that is in our history, but it's also important that we're, we remain mindful at Bates that um, we can't just rely on our history. We continue to move forward and try to, um, and try to improve the way that we educate
0: everyone. And, and, you, and you do, and I'll say it again, it's a terrific school, and everybody should know that if you don't know that. And, Tanya, last question on this, how, how many students go to Tanya? Go to Tanya. How many students go to Bates? Excuse me.
2: Hey. Um, gosh, what is the number this year? Dre actually knows Dree? the number,
0: probably better Dree. than me.
2: But I think it's it. is it eighteen hundred. Dre?
1: Yeah, we always hover around about one thousand eight hundred
2: students every year. Yeah. Okay, I was right. <laughs>
0: there you go. So it's it's that's a small college. That's a small college. Yep. I'm glad you're doing that. And of that, Dre, let me ask this one, Dre. Uh, how many of the kids are first generation? What percentage or what number or whatever
1: yeah so those numbers um vary year to year uh of and some of that is because we are working on some of this access so particularly giving access to first gen limited income families we're trying to recruit more nice. pal eligible students so nice. that number does vary but in this in this incoming class which was about 500 students we had 62 of them identify as first generation nice. to college
0: and of those of those 62, if you can just put it kind of into a g- generic w what, what percentage of the kids were African-American or plain African? Maybe they came over from Africa. Were they foreign students? What, what are those kids? Who are those kids who are first-generation students? And by the way, congratulations actually... to them for going to Bates. They made a good choice. But go ahead. Yeah, they <laughs> we did. think they so. Made a good choice. Yeah, they did. <laughs>
1: um so well we're actually uh we work really closely with our office of institutional research and they're actually gathering that data right now um based on student self-report so i don't have the exact numbers but what i can tell you i'm much more familiar with the 35 students who opted into our first generation programming and Ah, those students really have varying identities and so Mm -hmm. um, we have nine international students um and tanya were you going to add something there
2: I was agreeing with you. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um,
1: yes. And then we we do have a lot of um, la- Latino students here on mm-hmm. campus, um, as well as we great. have a number of black students and other identities that come to Bates as well.
0: I, I think it's great. And when you approve, the, obviously these students somehow let you know or, or that they were first generation students. Okay. And you don't want people to feel outside the norm, so to speak. You want people to always feel at home and comfortable. And you approach the which means that a lot of the kids, uh, at at base, the other kids, their parents went to college. Okay? The first generation of those college students obviously did not. Okay? How do you approach them to get them to come together and, 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 and let you work with them to ensure they're going to be as successful as possible. That's a hard thing to do, that, commu- that initial communication, because your goal is to make them feel very much at home and feel very successful. And I love, by the way, what you're doing, that you have this office, first-generation students. But how do you do it? Three.
1: Yeah, it's a that's a great question. And one thing I want to Thank acknowledge, you. too, is that um, – 1st generation students are they have varying identities right like that they are we also have in addition to like students of color we have white rural maine students who are first generation mm-hmm. Um, and we have students who are LGBTQ plus who are first generation. So they encompass all of these identities. So it's a great question of how do we get them to come together around this shared yeah. identity when they might also have other varying identities that don't bring them together or that have been in opposition to other folks. Um, so we really try to aim for recognizing it as actually a point of pride. like to say you are first generation, you are coming with a certain skill set that maybe other students haven't had. You are showing that you have the ability to navigate systems that may not historically have been created for you. Um, it really mm. is more of an asset. Wow. I think we always we often look at things from a deficit framework, but the truth is like a first generation student is bringing certain assets to the table. So we try to, as we reach out to them to say like, we're here for you in the summer We try to say, we're excited you're here. You're joining a community. Many of us as staff and faculty are also first generation. So you're joining this really diverse community of learners um, who maybe have some shared skills that, um, and you're bringing something special to the table. So we try and remind them that actually Bates is better by having you here. And that tends to work for them to see themselves as valuable and part of the community.
0: And and how do you work your program for first-generation students, do you get them together in like August for a week of orientation, or did you continue all through the year, do you meet once a week, however it works out? What do you try to do with all this?
1: Yeah, so we're really fortunate that Bates has been doing first-generation programming since 2016, and we've always kind of thought of it as a cohort-based program, so we do bring the students together. starting in 2016, we started with a pre-orientation. So prior to the orientation that occurs for all students on campus, we tend to bring our first-generation students together to get them in community with one another and get them acclimated to campus and connected Mm -hmm. to resources on campus ahead of time. And what's great is Bates is actually one of 16 institutions that is part of the Kessler Scholars Collaborative. Um, We just welcomed our first cohort of Kessler Scholars this year, and Kessler has allowed us to really expand this programming, and so we're supporting the students through their four-year arc here at Bates. So we're connecting okay. them not only in with one another in that first week when they arrive on campus, but we're providing structured opportunities for connection with one another as well as program staff throughout the four years that they're
2: here. Kind of like a academicmatch.com.
0: I, can- I like it. Go ahead, Tanya. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I just wanted yeah. to add, um, as, you know, Dree just n- nailed it, you know, but one thing yeah. I think that I want to add is we, um, this is an opt-in program, so they're invited based off of their first-generation experience to be a part of this programming. So there, it is not like, oh, you have this marker on you, we put this label on you, and now that means <laughs> this is what your right. experience will look like. It's more saying, hey, this is a community that is here to give you that wraparound support, and if you would like to join us, we'd be more than happy to have you. And I think that's really, I, that's key.
0: And, and it is key, and it's very important. And it brings up the other subject. The, the, the first-generation kid is not a stereotype. They come from, from everywhere, rural Maine to, uh, to uh, the, the Lagos, Nigeria. I mean, they could be from anywhere. Mm-hmm. All right? And I'm curious, okay, and I know you two work together. You're Director of Intercultural Education. So mm-hmm. I, I'm a, I know you probably teach courses in that or whatever, but I'm curious how you work it on campus to make, the, make, the, make all the kids. And I, I want to ask this, too. Um, I don't know if any of the kids are, are Somalian kids from, uh, from particularly Lewiston. Okay. They may commute to school. I don't know if they have any commuters up there. Okay. But just talk about how you put all this together. Okay, to, to which is a great mixture of kids. They have to, they they got to be friends. So as it all worked interculturally.
2: Sure, sure. Uh, and and know, I, think... I just
0: want to say something, by the way. You know, I know Maine. I mean, it's a big state. People, it's bigger than ever been a lot of people think it is. It's not the tiny the New England state. It's a very large state. And kids from eight hours away from me in upstate Maine, they're under right the Canadian border. Okay, mm-hmm. have a very different life style than the kids down here in Portland, Maine, and New York, Maine, and all that, in York County, okay, which is much closely tied to a uh, Boston area, all right? And mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm just, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's a whole different uh, vibe, if I may. Mm-hmm. Very rural to to pretty well, pretty nice urban, okay? And you have to deal with this, too. Just talk about that, Tanya. I think sure, I, sure. It's amazing, well, I think the diversity of it, yeah.
2: Yeah, I think your point, Larry, uh, Larry about you know, the difference in a rural Maine um, student to a student maybe from York or in South Portland, that really is, a, is indicative of the diversity that we have throughout our student population at Bates. That's really a great example because we do have students that, you know, a lot of times when pe- people hear the word first generation of college student, they, they, there's an image that comes in their mind. And it very much could be a, a, a white student from a rural area in Maine oh, and yeah. otherwise. And the, the tie there, the commonality, is their experience as first generation. So we really connect based off of that shared experience and then find out in all the ways that we are diverse. Like students learn about the different customs that, that families have and the different traditions that families have. And we have this one space, which is the Office of Intercultural Education, where we bring them all together and they're able to find their commonalities. But so we don't insulate them and say, okay, this is your one space where you can be and you can thrive and you can be yourself. We connect them and collaborate with different offices across campus to say, your experience is valid everywhere. And there are people that are ready to connect and support, to support you everywhere. And that's really part of my role is looking, are we doing that? Are we providing the wraparound support inside and outside of the Office of Intercultural Education? So there are some phenomenal faculty doing some great work. It's important that they know that, that they get connected to that. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And that brings up what was going to be my next question, okay? And this is most – common. I don't want to say this the right way. I don't want to paint a a stereotypical picture. College professors are are subject-oriented. Okay, a physics professor in college knows physics, okay? And they, they, they're not taught how to teach, if I may. They're taught, how, they're taught about physics, and they're going to profess, impart that knowledge to kids. And I'm not using Bates, I'm using every professor in America, okay? An added challenge of that is dealing with kids who, who don't all come from the same place, okay? Mm-hmm. A kid who grew up who's brilliant, who, who lived in the, in the Democratic Republic of Congo, has a different background, okay, than a kid who grew up in rural Idaho. Okay, here we go again. Okay, how do you take what you want to do? And I'll I'll ask you first, Tanya, and and talk Mm -hmm. to your professors, okay, so they can understand, and I know they're smart enough to understand, it. please don't misunderstand that, but they have to develop a pedagogy that works. And sometimes that's hard for someone who is a subject expert, okay? We can use physics, which I'm still trying to understand. Okay, and I graduated <laughs> college 45 years ago. Okay, so, you know, t- t- you know, just talk about that part. How do you work with the faculty in all this? And, and Dree, you're coming up next, but I'm going to give you the chance to uh, think about that. Tanya's on the spot. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. I think
2: that's, that's another example of what, what Bates has that is special. Um, we have colleagues in the Center for Inclusive Teaching and Learning that really look at how to support faculty and staff, but how to support faculty when, it's, when thinking about pedagogy, thinking about the ways that student learning is not the same as it was 40 years ago. Neither are right. the demographic of students coming in. So our Center for Inclusive Teaching and Learning works very closely with faculty to identify trends, to be able to give them different approaches to pedagogy, different approaches to understanding how they can connect and then provide support for students throughout their academic experience, both in that one class and then in the classes that are, you know, both required and are elective in their journey towards their degree program. So that center is very important and integral to the work that we do at the Office of Intercultural Education because they are teaching, they are teaching and supporting and learning with and from us, just like we're learning with and from them. Dree, anything to add there?
0: Well, I got to ask. Well, I got to ask one question, but I'll ask three of this. Okay, uh, okay. Well, we, we just heard Tanya's terrific answer to that. Who's harder to work with, the kids or the teacher or the professors? I'm saying that with a smile on my face. Okay, who's harder? I'll ask three.
1: <laughs> and I'll say that everyone has their strengths and areas for opportunity. <laughs> well said. I love it. Go ahead. <laughs> The only thing I would add is I think we're very lucky at Bates. I was also going to mention the Center for Inclusive Teaching and Learning. Yeah, I love that. And we also work – we've been so lucky to partner really closely, particularly around, like, first-gen college access and persistence. And we're working very closely with our dean of faculty's office, and we have a learning community currently where – All first-year seminar instructors and all of our student support advisors who play an advising role outside of the classroom are coming together to talk about how are we best supporting first-generation students in the classroom because we know if we're supporting first-generation students, we're actually supporting all of our students on campus. So if we're addressing some of this hidden knowledge that happens in the system and being able to provide the best support to our first-gen students, we're really benefiting every student who attends Bates. So we have really great partnerships across the institution, which is something that does feel very special to Bates.
0: You know, you, it, it's special because you worked hard to earn that, okay? Uh, you, mm-hmm. uh, when people respond so well, it's, it's you two that put this together, that work so hard that make them understand that you got to give yourself a lot of credit here to do that. I have to ask, been doing this now for, uh, let's see, two, uh, what is it, seven years, seven, eight years now. All right, and I want to ask the question, when you first started this, okay, and you've learned a lot in seven years, believe me, it's always, I know it's always changing and getting better. What was missing from the first years? And this is something that's important for everybody to understand out there. Okay, what was missing that you've added in that, that really made a big difference, okay, as you learned? to three, I'll ask you.
1: Yeah, and and some of this is based on the knowledge that I've learned from the folks who have come before me because I haven't been in this role for seven years. So I have to give credit to the folks who really created this program, have brought it to what it is. I think the thing that was missing um, as I look back and as we've looked at student feedback over time is, this piece about stretching across the institution. Historically, students have, and and Tanya was trying to address this a little bit, historically, students have felt very comfortable in our space. But over the last few years, there's been a real push to make sure that it's not just in our office that they're comfortable, but we're building these relationships across campus so that it doesn't matter where a student is connected, they're getting that support in the same way.
0: Right. that, That was kind of missing from the beginning. And then you would kind of added it in and make sure everybody got it. Because it, it is important to spread it across the whole the campus. I mean, it, it's mm-hmm. that simple. And that takes time. That takes time. Yeah. That, this kind of thing doesn't happen overnight. People get in, in everywhere, get entrenched in their job. And when something new comes in, okay, they have to make it work. Okay? And that goes right across mm-hmm. the board for, for everybody. I have to ask this, where are the first gen kids coming from? Are they mostly from Maine or from New York or are they from all over the country? I think no, I they're think really from number two or all over the world. Yeah, they're from
1: all it. over the country and all over mm-hmm. the world. I mentioned that the our cohort right now, we have nine international students who are first generation. And then everyone else is really from all over the world, all the way from Canada to, yes, we have somebody directly from Lewiston, Maine, so
2: it really is
1: a variety. So we're bringing together, like, a really diverse, in terms of geographic area, um, population.
0: Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, I have a big smile on my face here, and I'm thinking, it must be so hard, okay? A, 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 a first-generation kid from Mumbai, India, and all of a sudden they're going to come to Maine. Okay. So their Mm -hmm. parents were not in college. Okay. And so they're in college and they're in Maine. All right. And that, boy, oh boy, what a, what a culture shock. What a, what a new Mm -hmm. world. I mean, it just opens up so much stuff. And I have to ask you this. Okay. Uh, Oh, now again, seven, eight years in and three you're fairly new, but not totally new. Tanya, how long have you been doing intercultural education then?
2: Um, well, I would say in some aspect, I mean, I'm in my fifth academic year at Bates, but I also identify as a person of color born and raised in Lewiston, Maine. So um, mm-hmm. that is really helpful. Yeah, that's really helpful in this work, too, to have a, a, a lived experience, particularly yeah, around the it's, culture it's,
0: And uh, Very important. Thank you for for bringing that up. Sure. When you look back on it now, seven years, okay, what's your favorite success story with all this? You, what, do you have a favorite? Donnie? Mm-hmm. Wow.
2: Uh, there are so many. Um, there, there are more
0: smaller we'll two, stories as two. You, two.
2: that you can watch. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, we actually just talked about this over the weekend. Uh, we all had the opportunity. All the folks that work in our office had the opportunity to engage with um, a student who graduated last year and has stayed connected with us in such beautiful ways. We'll hear from this student, and the student oh. will give you know these examples of. I was able to find a piece of myself that I hadn't grown until I came to Bates. And through the wraparound support that I got both in the Office of Intercultural Education and on the Bates campus, I was able to water that seed and become the full person that I am now. And they were like, I don't think that would have been possible for me to see if I wasn't away from home, away from everything that I knew, and saw that I bring skills to the table. And I get goosebumps even thinking about that story because a student doesn't have to reach out to us, and they're reaching out to us to say, like, that experience, let me know that I can do the things that I want to do in life. I need to make sure that I'm connected in the way that I need to be in order to move forward. And that's what it's all about is folks having that confidence in their own experience and the way that they move through the world.
0: That's what you're trying to do. That's a great, that's a great and sweet story, I've got to tell you. Tree, what have you been experiencing? How long have you been there
1: now, Dre? So I've been at Bates. This is my third academic year, um, okay. and, and I've worked in the, intercultural, the Office of Intercultural Education that whole time. So.
0: Okay, and what are your favorite stories?
1: There's there's so many. I feel like we spend so <laughs> I, I much know, time. I know. I know. Yeah, I mine isn't gonna be maybe as poignant as Tanya's, but I think some of my favorite stories. I'll give an example from last night. So we actually had a dinner with um, our Kessler Scholars, our first generation students um, who yeah. are first years on campus last night, and after the dinner, one of the students. Uh, actually, a group of the students were like, "Drew, will you walk with us back to the OIE?" And when we went back to the OIE, it was it was just so sweet. Like this understanding of we sat around a table, and the students shared not just like their goals about study abroad and the things they want to do, but yeah. also just some of who they are as people and as humans. Mm-hmm. Oh. And we're just so we're in this like incredible position where we get to support these students for both their professional success but also their personal success. And that, those relationships last, as Tanya's saying, like well beyond when they graduate mm-hmm. from Bates. Yeah, and you wind up being all so friends.
0: You, you'll, you'll, yeah. Everybody wind up being friends. I mean, why not? It's unbelievable. By the way, you've been using this term, and I want you to do a little definition up for everybody. You, I meant to ask you before, Kessler scholars. Okay, what, what's a Kessler yeah. scholar? I, I'm a, I don't know, agree, but Kessler scholar.
1: Yeah, so um, our Kessler Scholars, so we were fortunate we were awarded a grant through the Kessler Scholars Collaborative to expand our first-generation programming um, over the next four years. And so Kessler Scholars are those students who are benefiting from that grant over the next four years, which is allowing us to do some more cohorts based programming, and to make sure that they're getting direct access to what we consider as high-impact practices on a college campus, such as study abroad, using our Center for Purposeful Work, doing community-engaged learning. So, making sure that we are creating those pathways for them to be successful, not just at Bates, but beyond.
0: uh, What you guys are doing is so wonderful, and I I cannot say enough. I I really can't, being a Mainer myself, for, for Lewiston, Maine. And what they have done with, with, with that popu- that population of Somalian people who have just changed the whole city and made it that much better. I mean, it's just absolutely incredible what's, what's going on up, up there. And I hope everybody pays attention to it. I read some articles about it recently with the farming and all that sort of stuff. It's just absolutely beautiful. I just want to ask you this, okay, as you look at your program now. And I'll, I'll ask Tanya this, Tanya, what 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 will change in the future? What do what what are you looking at that will uh, uh, change for next year or the year after or whatever?
2: Yeah, I think we um you know we particularly around the Kessler Scholar Initiative, it really gives us the opportunity to assess like what are we doing really well, where do we still have mm-hmm. gaps, how can we improve, and you know I think one of the places that we would love to improve and continue to um you know move forward with efforts to do so is parent engagement piece we know you know or the family engagement piece I should say who who's supporting these students outside of us at Bates
1: Mm -hmm. and
2: how do we connect to them and let them know that they too are a part of the Bates community because we know that is you know whoever the student goes to for comfort or support outside of their academics is also a part of their experience so we want to be connected to those folks as well so I would say you know Dree's doing a fantastic job with Tesla scholars and a fantastic job with understanding the experience of first-gen students, and how do we take that up a notch as well and think about, like, who else is connected to those students and how do we support them as well?
0: I think what you folks are doing there is great. And, again, Bates is a small college, and look how well they're doing with all this, okay? I love the main college. Just so what can I tell you. Tanya Dree, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for sharing. And thank so you so much later. for having us. Oh, believe me. You're welcome here anytime. Just keep me keep me in the loop. You're welcome here. You want to bring a student oil, whatever you want to do, just give me a call. Okay? Thank you both. Okay? And enjoy Thanks, your sir. next lobster. What can I tell you? Enjoy your next lobster. I'm, I'm trying to figure out why your team name is the Bobcats and not the lobsters. I can never understand that, but we'll talk about it someday. Okay? What well, can I say? Ladies, have a good yeah. one. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. That is the... Let me get this straight. The Associate Dean of Intercultural Education at Bates, Tanya Bailey Carey, and Dre Haber is the Assistant Dean, and she runs the Director of First-Generation Student Programs, Okay, Every kid matters, all right? And like I said, not everybody who's listening is going to send their kid to Bates, but my point is, listen to this show when Tell your students to make sure if they are first generation or from another land, okay, make sure that the college will support them. That's extremely important. Colleges cost a lot of money, all right, and you want to make sure you're getting everything for your dollars. You want to make sure these kids are successful. What can I say? Well, archive over at ace-ed.org. Check it out. Everything we do over there is free. The new issue of the magazine is up there, and I thank you all for listening. I'm Larry Jacobs. Say, have a great day.